Shonda Bennett here with me, and she's going to talk about entrepreneurship, career change, and mentorship. Before we get started, we are going to open up in a word of prayer, and then we will hear your testimony. Ready? Amen. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being God and God alone. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge. God, we just ask you in the name of Jesus to bless this interview, bless our conversation, be in the midst of it, have your way in Jesus' precious name. Let somebody learn something. Let somebody take steps to move into what you have called them to do after hearing in this interview in jesus name we pray amen. amen 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 so i met yashanda in a business class we did the yes. 90 day business challenge through the urban league of philadelphia um and immediately we connected and yashanda is very encouraging and very helpful and so you got to hear her story <laughs> So, Yashanda, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, your education, your career. Uh, all right. So, hey, everybody. My name is Yashanda Bennett. Um, my upbringing. So, I'm from East Orange, New Jersey. I'm born and raised in uh, Essex County, North Jersey. That's what the Philadelphians call it. <laughs> um, but I moved out here after college. Um, I mean, as far as my upbringing, I was pretty, my, my home was pretty stable. Uh, went to Catholic school. Um, yeah, I wasn't always a good girl, but went to Catholic school for a reason. So God always have, you know, he's always followed me. Um, but anyway, stayed in Philadelphia after I graduated college. Uh, actually went back home for eight months and then came back to Philly. So that's a whole another story of why I came back, but um, I knew I was supposed to be here. Uh, started in healthcare. Um, I was a bio major. I went, did one year of nursing school, and then uh, transitioned into um, investing. Went into real estate, and then travel. So that's a summary, literally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you made the switch from the healthcare industry to being a full-time entrepreneur. We know that you have your own uh, businesses. <laughs> All right, you mentioned um, travel and you mentioned real estate. Yeah. So let's talk about real estate first. Let's touch on that real okay. estate first. Um, what was the process like transitioning from healthcare to real estate? Because that's two totally different. Okay, industries. so. Before I left, um, before I left health care, I was in a management position, okay. and um, I had a I had a duplex. So with my duplex, um, I saw it as a way to generate income. And back then, I was I don't know what, but I was I was chilling. Let's just say that, like I was chilling. I was getting a W two. I was getting extra income. Mm -hmm. I was traveling when I wanted. I was going out, I was shopping, like mm -hmm. 
I was enjoying life, and then this is when like I was in the world. Like let's just let's just keep it a being. I was in the world, and I was just having so much fun. Like <laughs> so, um, long story short, I saw the potential that real estate can do. Like. At the time, like when I first got my property, I went through so many problems with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to say my parents forced me to get it, but yeah, they forced me to get the property. They helped me with the down payment, um, and they, they looked at it as an opportunity for me. So anyway, long story short, um, my parents helped me with the down payment to get the duplex, and then... I lived in one unit. I lived on the second floor. I had a tenant on the first floor. When I felt like the property was getting too small for me, I moved out into a house, started renting a house, but then I had an income-generating property. Um, This is before Airbnb got flooded. I had a short-term rental on the second floor, and then I had my tenant on the first floor. So the house was fully paid for from the income plus a little bit more. And um, when Philly started coming up with all these different laws and things like that, or just being informed as a landlord, when I started understanding what I had to do to kind of preserve my building, Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, I'm going to go get my license. I'm already doing it. Mm -hmm. So I looked at it as a way to get into the industry, understand it, and then educate our, especially our people, to educate us more on generational wealth and understanding how to make your property, your circumstances work for you. So, yeah. And that's a perfect segue into my next question. Why is it so important for African Americans to be homeowners? Mm. I think it's important for African Americans to be homeowners because us as African Americans, we really don't know the value of a dollar. Like, and I'm just being honest, we don't know out of out of all the <laughs> the races in the world, the different countries in the world, um, black people are the most unstable. We are the most who really don't believe in mental health. Um, and we'll sit there and dwell on something but not try to fix the problem. And out of all the races, and this is what I believe, so um, I just want to help our people. Um, we're the only race that truly like hates on each other. So <laughs> um, it could be somebody who's ahead of the game and instead of us trying to help them and bring them on, we won't bring them on or we'll try to up up one on them or try to see what can we do to get ahead of the game where if it was vice versa vice versa with another culture caucasian um they always keep one in the loop or keep them tied in if one win they all win and or we just try to hurt each other so I think it's very important to have that mindset change and to just kind of educate our people. And sometimes you just got to educate people and not tell them that you're educating them. Mm-hmm. Just give them the gems. Mm-hmm. And if they want more education, they'll keep coming back for it. Okay. So when you literally tell somebody, hey, I'm trying to help you do this, or hey, I'm trying to help you understand, that's when they feel like you're trying to defeat them some type of way. 
So you can't tell them that you're helping them. You kind of got to use reverse psychology and just help them. You just got to do it. So, like Nike. <laughs> so, yeah, you just got to do it. Yeah. That's good. That's very good insight. Yeah. Very good. So, tell us the process of home buying. So, from the initial part to closing. Girl, what does that look like? That's a process. Um, that's why I always talk about it's a journey. Um, so, number one, if you want to become a homeowner, I would just first kind of make sure your finances are in order. Um, if you don't know where you are, I would either reach out to your current bank, but you can also reach out to a lender as well. But I would reach out to your current bank to see if you can get pre-approved or reach out to a lender and see, they can check your credit to see if your credit is there or if you already know your credit. Um, and let's just say right now you're paying rent for, rent no one up, so let's be real real quick. Let's say you're paying, <laughs> let's say you're paying rent for like $1,900 mm-hmm. and you're trying to get a mortgage around the same. Mm-hmm. Go to your lender, uh, you can reach out to an agent who has a lender that they work with, or like I said, you can go to your credit union or your local bank that you normally bank with Mm -hmm. and just say, hey, I'm interested in buying a house. It may not be now, but later on, and they'll see if you can even get pre-approved. And I do recommend if you are checking your credit um, for one lender, do at least three so that you can have three different interest rates at that time since they're going to hit your credit anyway. The simple fact that you know how much you're approved for, it gives you some type of hope of either going to look for a house now or later or just seeing where you can start at. So number one, sorry, I did draw that out, uh, but number one is to get pre-approved. After you get pre-approved, then go look for a house. Um, I recommend working with the agent because let's be real, we're working on a day-to-day. So for you to go to work, pick up the kids, do this, do that, it's just a lot to do that on your own rather than hire a professional to take care of things for you. Um, so after you get pre-approved, you go house hunting, you find a house, you put an offer in, and then that's the process too because the offer might get approved, the offer might get denied. Mm. It also depends. So if the offer gets approved, then um, you guys are in the contract stage, and then... Um, you want to know the whole process? Well, just summarize. Okay. <laughs> you guys are in the contract stage, and then while you go through the contract stage, uh, usually 30 to 45 days between uh, you have to do inspections, um, get an appraisal for the property and things like that. And then um, also depends on the type of property you're buying as well. But um, 30 to 45 days, and then you go to closing, and then you do a final walkthrough before you're closing and make sure everything is, the water's running, everything's working properly, the house is how it's supposed to be before you purchase it. And yeah, um, yeah, that's the summary, but it's a process y'all. So get an agent. I highly recommend working with an agent um, to take care of the work for you. So yeah. Okay. So, describe some challenges that you've faced as a real estate agent. So, 
as an Asian, especially, uh, so let's just let's just put this out there. I'm newer as an agent, but I'm not new to real estate. So some challenges that I have faced, um, getting my offers denied mm-hmm. or having contracts terminated, mm-hmm. um, that's very discouraging as a newer agent. Right, right. Um, and then you you always question, like, what am I doing wrong? Did I do something? Like, what did I didn't do right? Mm-hmm. Or um, not even that. Having to tell this information to your buyer. It's like having those hard conversations with your buyer or your seller. Mm-hmm. And um, those days are, it's, it's a little emotional. It's a little intimidating. So some challenges that I faced as an agent is working with older agents mm. who are just blatantly disrespectful. So everything, you know, it's a stepping stone. Just like you go to a job and there's the assistant, the assistant manager, the supervisor, mm-hmm. the, it's levels to it. However, we all have the right to treat individuals. We either want to help them or we're not going to help them. Um, and then just talking to some agents, the attitudes are crazy. So I recommend if you are a newer agent, don't tell these older agents that you knew. <laughs> like, they're not going to give you the respect that you desire or help you to the most of your ability. Some will help you, but some won't. Um, they want you to work your way up, put some skin in the game. They want you to... Work for it for real. And there's nothing wrong with working for it. Um, Just if you're another agent and you're watching this, just be mindful of how you treat others in this process. Because remember, you once was a new agent too. Mm. So that's that's all. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. So since COVID, what is the market looking like? Home buying market. Has it gone down? Has it gone up? So uh, since COVID, rates were low. Rates were mm-hmm. really low. Like the lowest, I believe it got to like two, three okay. for the percent. So that's when it was a seller's market like crazy. Mm-hmm. But now the rates are a little high. The average rate right now is around like 6.5. Mm-hmm. The highest on um, conventional is about uh, seven, okay. depending on, um, of course, depending on the, the amount of the loan. And disclaimer, I am not a loan advisor, so <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Um, but these are things that I'm, observe, I'm observing right now. Um, the rates right now are between um, 6.5 and 7. Okay. And um, it's funny, I had a conversation with another agent, an older agent, who said back in the days the interest rates was like 12%, 13%. He was like, this is nothing. So... Mm. Um, the market definitely fluctuates and I think it depends on the market. I think it depends on the inventory, what properties are out right now, what type Mm -hmm. of properties are out right now, what's hot, what's not. Um, and of course it's always the areas, the different areas that are booming. So it it just depends on your area. Depends on the area, depends on how much the properties cost, and it's always based on market value. What is the market saying about the property? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
All right, so now we're going to do a little transition into <laughs> your travel agency. So yes. your travel agency is called Prolific Odyssey Travel & Co. Um, yes. Why did you name it this? What was the motivation behind that? So Prolific Odyssey Travel & Co. Um, so my real estate uh, nickname is Prolific Agent. And then my travel business is Prolific Odyssey Travel & Co. So Prolific, Prolific stands for, um, it's fruit bearing. Okay. It's fruit. Um, but I also, when I was, I wanted a prestigious company. So when I Googled, but this was a long time ago, y'all. When I Googled prestige and then I looked up synonyms, Prolific was one of the names that came up. And I'm like, hmm. I like that. And then I wanted my travel business to be like this awesome company that promoted experiences. And then um, just to help people experience God's beautiful land. So a lot of people travel when they travel, they don't know what to do or even have like a lot of people go and travel and they'll just stay at the resort. Or go to like these all-inclusive places and just eat off the resort. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, however, I do think that if you're traveling to Africa or if you're traveling to Costa Rica or if you're traveling to Aruba, try some of the native food so that you're actually enjoying the location. You're experiencing the full, the mm -hmm. full-blown location. Um, one of my favorite destinations is Aruba. It's my favorite um, Caribbean destination. It's called One Happy Island. That's their saying. And everybody there is really, like, really nice. Like, genuinely nice. Like, they'll be like, hey, can I help you? <laughs> so, yeah, um, I really love Aruba. Um, and Aruba is a, di a different mix of different Spanish countries. Okay. So, the black people, <laughs> they call it Chocolate City. Oh. <laughs> okay. um, and their beach is called Baby Beach and then they just have like all these different Spanish restaurants around and um, that's like the renaissance area of the island and like the artsy part of the island so um, I don't know I just love Aruba I love Spanish food um, so yeah so okay so prolific prestige and the odyssey like I want you guys to go on this awesome journey, and I feel like the Odyssey is the experience of the travel journey, and um, we cater to people who are too busy to book their trip or um, just don't feel like planning it. So that's where my creative part comes in, mm -hmm. when I get to create the itineraries, and then I love helping my people, so yeah. Very good. Mm -hmm. So how does travel and real estate intertwine for you so right now is not there like okay. they don't intertwine right now okay but it will in the future how so and that's the ultimate goal um so the ultimate goal is to have um boutique small boutique resorts in different locations okay. and i feel like for me to know how to purchase these properties or know how to construct these properties or know how to design these properties, I will have to understand each area of the business. I will have to understand the travel portion with the concierge service, um, setting up, so, and, I, and that's why I feel like my Airbnb experience comes from. Mm. 
So um, knowing how to serve my guests. If they're having a dinner party or if they're having, not a dinner party, if they're having like an anniversary party or something like that, knowing how to set up for certain events. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the real estate portion. So if I'm going to these countries, understanding how to buy and purchase property in the mm -hmm. long run, mm -hmm. every state is either a lawyer state or a real estate state. Like, it's a real estate state, but sometimes... Like, for example, New Jersey has um, real estate lawyers that do certain transactions. Okay. Whereas in PA, the state of PA, the real estate agents take care of the transactions. So understanding different things like that when it comes to the contract and the paperwork and the different, like the zonings. Like I was just dealing with a zoning with one of my properties now. Um, understanding the zoning that the building has to have prior to purchase or things like that so I feel like I have to know both aspects of right. each side of the business before I can even get to this dream that that God has given me so yeah yeah that's really good mm -hmm. that's really good so not only would you book the trip but you hey you're staying at my property so you're getting mm -hmm. double yeah right that's very yeah. good. So where you where you guys want to go? All right, let me see what availability we have, and exactly. then I can check the destination and go from there. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, that's good. Do, would you ever think about hotels, like even here? Um, in major cities. Mm -hmm. Um, in major cities, so like Philly, Chicago, um, L.A., right, Atlanta. Right. Um, maybe Manhattan. So yeah, like major cities, not right. like, not like, maybe, maybe, maybe a bed and breakfast in the country, maybe. Right. But um, I, I remember, and I don't have my Facebook, but a long time ago, on my old Facebook before it got hacked, I know Facebook was hacking everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, and I remember, I said, I don't know how, but. I believe God wanted me to create different short-term rentals mm. in different cities. Okay. So this was maybe about three years ago when I wrote that, and I remember that because before I wrote that, I wasn't in the travel business yet. Mm. So when I started doing travel, it all clicked. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, all right, God, I see what you're doing. All right. <laughs> like, so, yeah, but you you never question things. You just always, like... You just listen. You just listen and go. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, you touched on this earlier when we were talking about real estate, but I want to talk about mentorship. Um, that's something really uh, major, especially when you're new in the industry. Um, so, we've had our experiences. <laughs> sometimes they work out, sometimes they go left. <laughs> what what does mentorship look like for you? What would you desire it to look like? Mm -hmm. As a new agent, a new travel agent, or a new real estate agent? Mentorship for me, I want somebody, so let's lay it on the table. A lot of mentors nowadays are so interested in the money that they aren't focused on helping their mentee. Mm -hmm. of, like, of course you sign a contract, yeah. You sign a contract, we're gonna help you before you move forward, you have to agree to do this, da 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 da, da. 
I want somebody who is interested in my well-being. Mm -hmm. I want somebody who's interested in my growth. Um, I want somebody who wants to see me succeed. On those hard days, I want somebody who's going to keep me encouraged and not tell me, well, you shouldn't have did this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I want somebody who's going to, like, just keep me lifted on days that I just don't have it in me. Mm -hmm. Even though I know God is my strength, mm -hmm. at the same time, if you're mentoring me, I want you to just keep not I know I know that you can't always fill up my cup. Right. But I want you to already pull that potential out of me that I have. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna fight for it, but I want you to show me how to fight for it the right way. I want you to show me things that I don't see or make me think out the box or in any situation or like question question my knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like Instead of me calling you and asking you, hey, what should I do? Ask me, what would you do? Mm. You get what I'm saying? So, mm. or even, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I told the God at the, um, at the um, American uh, Preferred Home Warranty Company. I want to see the full map before we start on the journey. Mm. I don't want... I don't want to keep going down forking the roads. Right. You right. get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. While we're on this path together as a mentor and a mentee, I want you to tell me about what's about to happen before I get punched in the face. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? I don't mm -hmm. want to get knocked down so hard that I can't get back up. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like a mentor should be guiding me correctly. And even with those, those, those small checklists or just, I, like, I know we're not friends, right. but I want you to be involved in my growth mm -hmm. and not make it so much about money that, the, that is just business. Like, if we're going to be spending time together or if we're going to be talking on the phone together, I want it to ultimately mean something and not just, yeah, you doing this 70-30 uh, split? Oh, okay. All right, I'll talk to you later. I got to go. <laughs> so, um, mentorship is a lot. And I just feel like what you teach somebody, they learn. So, you can either teach them righteously or you can teach them to just get this money. Mm. And not really think about the other person. So, yeah, I think that's a, a, a long answer, but I think it's a good answer, yeah. I, I agree. Another thing to, to add on, transparency, yeah. right? Tell the person, you've already walked down this road. Mm -hmm. Tell them. Mm -hmm. Don't act like you're so perfect or you had it all together, mm -hmm. right? Where do you see yourself in your brand in five years? In five years? So in five years for my travel business, God willing, God, you hear me? Okay, so yeah. <laughs> God willing, I have a brick and mortar for my travel business. Okay. Um, I have a brick and mortar for my travel business. I was going to say if not, but no, we're just going to keep it going. Um, I want to start selling products, like travel products. Um... 
and then also for my real estate business to have my own brokerage by then. So that's why I see myself in five years. I know it's going to take a lot of work. So yeah, I'm up for the journey. I already done started. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I know that's right. I, back. I, know like, that's right. I ain't going back. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What advice would you give to somebody coming up in the industry now? Real estate or travel, either or, or both. Um, I would say, so for real estate, I would say be mindful of your leaders. Be mindful of these people who call themselves coaches in real estate. And they might give you good information, yeah, but at the same time, wean out God's voice and read and wean out the enemy's voice. So the enemy wants you to do it right now, right now, right now, right now. And God wants you to understand the process, learn from your failures, and slow and steady wins the race. So you can get a ten thousand dollar commission on a deal, but did it help your client? So that's something to just kind of think about. Um, and when you're going to these brokerages, ask, ask them, do, do they have a process? Um, a lot of times they sign you up and they just want you to hurry up and get a deal. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is you're under them. And whatever money that you get, they get too. Mm -hmm. So I would just say make sure they have some type of orientation process. Um, ask them about their process, ask them about their fee structure and things like that and ask them, are they going to help you build your business? Are they going to help you create your business? And if they are, then ask them for the documentation so that you can organize your business before you really get started in the real estate business. Um, as far as travel, I would say uh, be patient with your travel clients. <laughs> be very patient with them. And just uh, kind of understand their situation. And if this is not an ideal client for you, then um, I would just kind of be upfront in the long run rather than drag it out in the process. Mm -hmm. You would save both of you time. Both of you guys would save time. And then um, I would just say enjoy it. Like every client is different. Every deal is different. Every situation is different. So I would just really reflect on each situation, each client, each deal, and learn from each situation. What do you learn? Like, you have to learn something from each situation. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a, a, a client's personality, whether you wasted so much time building an itinerary, whether, I don't know. You learn so much from each situation. So um, I would just say when you're working with people on a day-to-day, -day, make sure you take time for yourself. Take mental breaks. Mm -hmm. It's okay on your bad days. If you have a bad day, if something bad literally happens in the middle of the day, take the rest of the day off. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to take a second, breathe, think about what happened rather than give somebody else that, that energy. Because we're supposed to be operating the fruits of the spirit. And if you're not giving off love, peace, joy, kindness, uh, and the rest of the spirits, if you're not giving them off to others, then you need to take a second 
reevaluate what's going on and just start fresh the next day. Joy comes in the morning. So that's all I'm going to say. Amen. So, yeah. And I just have one more question before we pray out. Okay. How does your relationship with God help you or play a part in you dealing with clients, you dealing with um, people who want to buy a home, you dealing with people who want to travel? Girl, <laughs> God talks to me every day. And even though, um, even though I feel like I'm like a saint, even though I'm not, we're, we're not, nobody's perfect. There's days when God is dealing with me and um, he's working on my character as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm in these situations and as far as me building my career, I do feel like sometimes he's telling me, like, this is what I need you not to do. Mm. This is what I need you not to be like. Um, and then other times it's sometimes just talking to people. Sometimes mm. people need to just be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people call me and just vent. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. So... I'm okay with working with people because I do understand that, like, sometimes, like, I'm, on a personal level, I'm really emotional. Like, I'm really emotional and sensitive, and and back in the day, I used to be like, God, why you gave me this heart? <laughs> but now, yeah, but now that I'm in my career, I know that God gave me this empathetic heart to understand the people that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. And to just you know, lean in on them and just care more about the situation um, and be more understanding, especially now. Because after 2020, uh, customer service is horrible now. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really big on helping my clients. I'm patient with my clients and just listening to them and understanding their situation to see how can I help them. Right. So every client is not a walk in the park. <laughs> but um, it's okay because I know God wouldn't give me something that I couldn't handle. Amen. So, yeah, God talks to me every day and I just be like, for real? Like some days I be like, God, for real? <laughs> like, for real, for real? And I feel like he's like, yes, Shonda, for real. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about too. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go out, can you just offer a word of prayer to our viewers? Yes. <laughs> those who are making a career change, those who are looking for good mentorship, godly mentorship, mm-hmm. just offer a word of prayer of encouragement. Okay, no problem. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for waking us up this morning. And Father God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit come in. We ask that the viewers who are watching this, Father God, we ask that you touch their eyes, touch their ears, Lord God, and just bless them, oh God. When they're working with different people in their field, Father God, we ask that you give them the spirit of discernment, Lord. We ask that you help them 
and guide them down the right path, oh God. Father God, if something is not supposed to go the right way, Lord God, we just ask that you tell them. Tell them in their dreams, oh God. Whisper it in their ears, oh God. Do not place danger in front of them, oh God. We just ask that you protect them, oh God. Father God, we ask that you keep them encouraged. On hard days, you give them the strength that they need, oh God. You become their joy, oh God. And we just ask that you just speak into their lives. We ask that you touch them, oh God. And we just ask that you give them their team. We ask that you bring people in their life to help them. And Father God, we just ask that you dwell within them on their journey. And just let them know that the journey is for their understanding. So Father God, give them wisdom. And just touch them, oh God. And while they're on their journey, Father God, we just ask that you protect them. Protect their family and just protect anybody who is dwelling with them, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. God. And that's our show. Remember that with God, all things are possible. Be yes. blessed in Jesus' name. Bye-bye. Amen. The gift of you. you were born with a break. Uh, that grace is your gift. Yeah. It's a divine enablement.